This week we continue our series, Bad Advice, by taking a look at a phrase that is, is somewhat slippery. As with many of these sayings that have found their way into the Christian lingo, this phrase feels like it has a ring of truth to it. It, it sounds like it, it could be, maybe even should be, something that we agree with. The piece of bad advice that we are looking at this morning is, God will not give you more than you can handle. Anyone heard those particular words before? This probably won't be the last time you hear his name during this series, but Joel Osteen has been a perpetuator of this particular train of thought. In 2013, he tweeted out, God will not give you more than you can handle. If you have a big challenge today, that means you have a big destiny. And while 2013 is almost a decade ago now, this train of thought, this line of belief is central to his message. We see this in a sermon he authored in 2022 titled, You Can Handle It, based off the same idea, the same premise. <clears throat> I've been given this piece of advice, piece of advice from many well-meaning individuals. It has saturated the culture of Western Christianity. Part of the reason why it is likely, or this is likely, is, is because this piece of advice is based, it's based off of Scripture. We find the texts that people use to justify this thought process in a combination of, of two verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13 is one of them, where we read, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. <clears throat> and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And the other verse is Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, where we read, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, each of these is fantastic verses, right? These are, these are great verses. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking about or taking away the excuse that we make for giving into temptation. We're pretty good at, at attempting to make ourselves into martyrs and believing that we have it worse in our temptations than others do. And so that's why we gave into it. It was just, it was just harder for us, you know? Like, that's just, it, was, it was just harder for me, so that, that's why I gave in. But Paul eliminates that thought process. He says that none of us have faced a temptation that someone else hasn't also faced. But God is faithful, and he is with us through it. And that we will not be tempted more than we can bear. So if, when, we give in, that's on us. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 is telling us that we can't blame God for us giving into temptation. But temptation is a different animal than God won't give you more than you can handle. Do we see the difference there? More than I can handle might mean deep sadness. It might mean anxiety. It often has nothing to do with temptation and everything to do with deep and heavy brokenness of the world weighing down on me. So to use a verse about temptation to tell people that they can handle the depth of the persecution that they are facing, the depths of the struggle and loss that has been dragging them under, the personal inner battles that just don't feel winnable right now. It's not right. It's, it's not in context. And it's an abuse of God's word. It's, it's real bad advice. The second text makes a bit more sense. 
And it's the one that Austin references in his sermon. Philippians 4.13 is one of those verses that we memorized in Sunday school. It has been the verse of the day during many of VBS. It's a great verse. It's full of encouragement and promise for the Christian. But if we take it to mean that God won't give us more than we can handle, then we aren't reading the verse correctly. We're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable, as they say. Austin and his ilk would, would have us focus on the, the I can do and me strength portions of the verse. Paul, in the context of the rest of what he is writing to the Philippian church, would have us focus on the through him who gives me strength portion. To Paul, it's not about his ability. It's about God's call and provision. So that's where we get this saying, but really the question is, do we see the danger here? Do we understand why this is bad advice? When read poorly, when exegeted improperly, when the emphasis is on the wrong syllable, when we read this as us, our strength, our ability being the focal point, and God being the one that helps us reach our goals instead of the goals that we come into that instead of his goals, then we come into a pretty serious problem. This verse has been taped to the ceiling in weight rooms above the bench press. It's been attached to bathroom mirrors. When we read it, before, that we might read it before we take on our day, it's been the centerpiece for, for many a needlepoint and poster. It's meant to be an encouragement, but when we read it in this way, when we understand it as God helping us get what we want, we're twisting God's will for us. We make him into a genie in a bottle. Then we're going to be able to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. And we've got our little power motor. We've got our little God in a jar helping us do that. That's not what Paul's saying in Philippians. That was not his intent with this verse. It's real bad advice. And what that leads us to is this. When we say that God won't give us more than we can handle, we have twisted God's will and mocked his grace. When we say that God won't give us more than we can handle, we have twisted God's will and mocked his grace. It twists God's will because it implies that all things that befall us are from him. That he wanted them to happen to us. That every struggle we face and every goal we have set for ourselves is from God. Do we truly believe that? Do we truly believe that God causes sinful things to happen so that we can push through them? To see if we can make it through and stay true to what his plans and his purposes are for us. I understand that this, this is a sovereignty question. Is God sovereign or isn't he? Is he all-powerful or isn't he? Is God in control or is he just alone for the ride? Make no mistake. God is sovereign. He is God, creator of the universe. Nothing takes place without his knowing it. Nothing happens without his allowing it. And for me, that's a huge difference. There are things that God allows to happen to us. We live in a sinful and broken world, and God doesn't always stop every bad thing from taking place. And yes, he uses these hard things in our lives to, to draw us closer to him, to grow our faith, and honestly, to grow our ministry. But there is a huge difference 
between allowing something to happen and causing something to happen. God did not cause my friend to pass away unexpectedly and far too soon. God did not cause COVID to become a pandemic. God did not cause my grandmother to develop and die from cancer. It was not God's intent that the individual that he loves and values experiences abuse. It was not God's intent that you get laid off from your job. It's not God's intent that you be subjected to racism. It's not God's intent for sinful things to happen to people. That's not his desire. That's, it's not his will. God's desire for us is clear. The Bible is full of his proclamation of love for his people, for, for all people. God's will is, is clear. He desires for all to be saved, to come to the knowledge of faith. And yes, sometimes he allows the brokenness of the world to push us in that direction. But to state that God, a being of, of pure light, the definition of goodness and morality, the author of truth and perfection, that he is in league with the darkness, that he partners with the brokenness of this world and gives us sinful and broken things to handle? Well, that taints who God is. It twists his will. It puts God in league with evil. And it goes directly against what God has told us about himself, what he's revealed to us in Scripture. Are we willing to do that in support of a pithy saying that makes us feel better about being able to overcome the difficulties that we're facing? We shouldn't. Because God sure doesn't. So stating that God won't give us more than we can handle twists God's will. But it also mocks His grace. Who is the one handling anything in that statement? We are. God is the one giving us something to handle, but we're the ones handling it. To go back to like that weight room thought process, it's like, it's like we're on the bench press, and this piece of bad advice tells us that maybe we're used to benching a buck 80. That's the amount that, that we can handle. But God knows that we're capable of, of handling more. So he ups the ante to, to 200 bills. We look at that weight and we go, man, I, I, don't, I don't think I can do it. But we know that God knows best. We, we know that he knows us better than we know ourselves. And so we know that he's just pushing us to be the best that we can be. Is that how God works? Does he know our limits? Absolutely. Does he push us? Of course he does. But where we get this wrong is to think that he's just standing by, cheering us on watching us struggle under the added weight that he knows we're capable of. God's not a cheerleader putting more weight on to push us farther. He's on the bench with us. And he's doing all the lifting. Sometimes, sometimes a visual is a little helpful. So, so here's a visual. I, I got a couple movies we're going to play. Here's a visual of what we want to think the Christian life is like. What God doesn't give us more than we can handle assumes the Christian journey is like. Here's, here's the first video.
right? So that's, that's what it's like. We can do this, man. We got this. We can, we can bench press all, like, we're going to do all the things. That, that's, that's, that's what this text, like, this phrase would have us think, right? We're just, we're trucking. I'm, I'm not Sylvester Stallone. I, I don't look like that when I run. But, uh, like, that's, that, that's, what, that's what we kind of want it to be. But then this, this is more of what the Christian life is actually like. That poor dude, like, who actually wants that cut on video, right? Like, you're like, man, you, ha- you had to catch that on video? But, but the reality, like, that's actually what the Christian life is like. That, that's really what it's like. The elevator is doing all the work, right? That dude can't even stand up. The poor guy, he gets up there, loses his balance, and he's falling, and he's flailing, but it just, it just takes him on up. The elevator is doing all the work. God is the one doing all the work. God is the one doing the lifting. Does this mean that people can't function during hardship without God? No. There are people that do not believe that go through and triumph over hardship all the time. But none of that triumph is doing anything for their spiritual journey or their sanctification. It's, it's not doing anything for their relationship with the Lord. When we say God won't give us more than we can handle, we're talking about a spiritual journey. We're talking about God testing us, pushing us during our Christian walk, our our spiritual formation. We're talking about God making us more like Him. And we cannot be spiritually formed outside of God's work in us and for us. And are we being spiritually formed during this Christian walk so that we can show off our muscles at at some Christian pageant show that takes place in the church? Is that the purpose of the hardship that we go through, that we might gather around, that gather around those that have lost more and suffered more, that we might exalt them for their perseverance in the faith? No. No, God doesn't grow us and shape us that we might be glorified for riding the escalator with a little more pizzazz than our fellow Christians do. God grows us and shapes us allows us to go through hard times that we might be drawn closer to him and that we might be better used in his mission. That we might be able to relate to others who have gone through the hardships that we have survived. The personal growth side, that's that's a benefit. But as we looked at last week, God does not need our good works, our neighbor does. And along the same vein, God does not need us to suffer. Our neighbor does. That we might relate to them better. That we might point them to the faith that got us through it. Because ultimately, God continually gives us more than we can handle. God has always given us more than we can handle. Be perfect as I am perfect, says Jesus. How are we doing with that, church? Is that not the definition of God giving us more than we can handle? God has always given us more than we can handle, but here's the thing. God will not give us more than He can handle. When hardships come, when trials come, what is it that gets us through? Faith, hope, 
The promises of a God who will never leave us or forsake us. The promises of a God who has suffered for us. The reality of the one who has not stopped hardship from taking place in our lives, but has not abandoned us to the journey through the valleys. This is his grace poured out over us. This is his love poured out over us. And if we act like we can make it on our own, then we, that we have the strength to do it on our own, then we mock God's grace. We tell him we don't need his help. We tell him that we can be perfect as he is perfect. No, we need the grace of God. We need his work on our behalf. We need him to be our strength. We need him to pull us through. We need him to be the escalator because we are so good at falling. We are incapable of succeeding in our Christian walk, our spiritual journey without him. And that's true for us, just as it was true for the Apostle Paul. He's the one that wrote those verses that we have been tempted to take out of context, that they might make us feel better about ourselves and our situations. But you know what else he wrote? He also wrote 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. The passage is, is fantastic. Sometimes I wonder if the Corinthian church got 1 Corinthians 10, 13 wrong as well. If they looked at that section of the letter that they had received from Paul and thought, hey, look at this. God won't give us more than we can handle. And as I read the second letter that Paul sends to them, I can't help but wonder if he heard those rumors. And so he starts his letter to them with a message that completely blows the whole sentiment apart. The response to the bad advice of God doesn't give us more than we can handle is found here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. It it follows directly what Michael read for us earlier. If you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to follow along. If not, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you, but the words will also be on the screens beside me. We read the word of the Lord this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we are experienced, that we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, that many will give thanks on your behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answers to the prayers of many. Let's end the reading. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, for your word is truth. God, I pray that you would speak through your word this morning, that you would perform the miracle that feeds our souls. Amen. Paul doesn't mince words, does he? They had hard times in Asia. They were under incredible pressure. The troubles they faced threatened to overwhelm them and, and to undo them. It was, as, as Paul puts it, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Ever been through a hardship so difficult that you didn't know if you could survive it? Maybe it was a sickness of the body like cancer, or COVID, back pain, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, or one of the myriads of ways our bodies begins to fall apart. Maybe it was a sickness of the mind, depression, anxiety, fear, loneliness, despair, anger, frustration. The list goes on. Sometimes it feels like we can't go on. 
We don't have the strength. We, we just don't want to live through it. Ever been there? You're not alone. The greatest evangelist the world has ever known, the author of the most books in the New Testament, one of the greatest figures in church history has been there too. How did he push through it? How did he survive? He trusted, he rested in the one who delivers. As we read, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. And we too can trust, we too can rest, we too can set our hope in the God who delivers. For though he does not always deliver us in the way that we want, he delivers in the way that we need. And ultimately, it is he who has delivered us from what we have never had any hope of handling ourselves, our own sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send Jesus to condemn the world, but to save the world, to deliver the world through him. Christ's death on the cross and our belief, our resting in the faith that we have been given is ultimately what saves. It's ultimately what delivers. It is not a deliverance that we have earned, but one that we have been given. This is the God we serve. This is the God we worship. The God who has done all the work. A God who will not have his will twisted or his grace mocked. He is the king. He is the creator. He is God. And he loves each of us. He cares for each of us. Is with each of us through every struggle and trial. For God will continue to give us more than we can handle. But God will never give us more than he can handle. What a fantastic, gracious, wonderful, and merciful God we serve. Amen.